The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. I have an exciting episode planned for you. Today, I have with me Vance Hilderman. He is the CEO of Effusion. Vance, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've already spent a few minutes with you, and I could just learn so much from you. I could talk to you forever. So thank you for coming on the show. Oh, Carrie, thanks so much for inviting me, and I've been excited all morning as well. So very much looking forward to this. You have such a good following, good group of people, a lot of smart people, and this is a smart topic. So I hope everyone's had some coffee or some caffeine of some kind. Let it roll, huh? <laughs> all right, I'm going to do my best because it is a smart topic. But first, let's talk about you and how you got to where you are today, because it's just you're just so accomplished. And I know you also have a book and I mean, there's your accolades. I could just, again, go on forever. Oh, goodness. You know, I'm a uh, an old guy in a young man's world, except when I go to certain meetings, I'm the young guy in the room. It's a fascinating perspective, you know. But I have a few decades in technology, and I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And it's so funny. My wife and I went and visited air, air museums all over the world. We just love that. Last Sunday, we saw Top Gun. And I have to say, no spoiler alert, it is better than the first. But I've got a couple of years on Tom Cruise. And I'd like to say the reason I was bounced out of the, the Navy was because I didn't look as good as Tom Cruise, but eh, it might have been more than that. I passed the vision, the physical, everything, but not the depth perception. And for some reason, Carrie, I can't imagine they want good depth perception to land on an aircraft carrier. Can you imagine that? So, all right. So I couldn't do that dream. They said, you can be the navigator. Well, come on. That's still fun. So sorry, folks. I wanted to be the guy in the front seat. So now I'm in the front seat of a fusion. I've been the front seat of a few other companies. I think I've started seven companies. And there's a reason you've never heard of three of them because they failed. And you learn more from those failures than the successes, right? Uh, but uh, the companies that I succeeded with are, are, are real popular. They're mainstays. And probably anyone who's flown in a fighter jet, cargo jet, passenger aircraft, communicated by 5G, we'll talk about that, has used my or my company's software, or my employees, they're all smarter than me in some fashion. So it's a small world getting smaller by the minute with the technology we're all bringing to it. So that's my kind of story in a, a quick nutshell. So tell me the Effusion story. Ah, Effusion is a really interesting boutique company. And we actually turned down about two thirds of our work. And in the old days, that was not the case. And in technology, the old days means 20 years ago. So 20 or 30 years ago, we had a company that, that I was the founder of, a co-founder called TechSide. It's, it's a mainstay in the aviation world. We sold that for many, many millions of dollars uh, after a decade. But that was a consulting company whose couple hundred engineers worked on projects for all the big companies, Boeing, Airbus, Rockwell, Honeywell. And there's, you know, aviation is a hundred and fifty billion, that's a B, dollar business per year in America. 
The entire Hollywood, not just Top Gun, but the entire Hollywood is less than 20 billion. So aviation is almost 10 times larger, yet Hollywood gets the, uh, the Top Gun, right? Well, a fusion evolved from that to satisfy a need for real boutique, high-end consulting on aviation safety, development processes, new companies that are rolling out new helicopters, new missiles. Uh, we do everything. And new eVTOL, electric vertical takeoff and landing. Uh, we've got clients, one of our clients, Pipistrel, got last year got the world's first all-electric aircraft certification. So they're flying, selling. We're just working with Hart Aerospace in Sweden, another great company. They're going to fly 40 to 50 people on pure batteries. You know, we've got this little climate change going on. Some of our audiences in places that are a little warmer than maybe they were in the past. Well, we got to solve that. And instead of pointing fingers or looking left and right, folks, let's look ahead towards the center. And that's technology. And that's how we're doing it. That's what Effusion is doing. We're, we've got at any time 20 clients. And in a year, we work on maybe 30 projects. We take the cool ones or occasionally the, the great paying ones, but usually the cool ones that we turn down the others. So what is the role of Effusion in the 5G ecosystem? Oh, great question. So 5G is not our main business, but it's an important business. Our main business is ensuring aviation safety, not just aircraft, but the infrastructure, and that includes communication. So when we put a 5G cell tower right next to an airport using U.S. gigahertz factors that were not well planned out, and I think no one's going to take the responsibility for that. We're all going to say it was his or her fault, right, pointing the finger. Well, communication among satellites, communication navigation systems, air traffic management, CMS, ATM, 5G is a big role. On aircraft, folks, 5G is common. We already have it on some aircraft. And we all want to work. Well, remember when the television was first invented, we were going to beam university courses into every living room. And what happened? Well, we got some other things. You know, we got South Park. Yeah, I love South Park. Well, that's a lot of what's going on on the aircraft. But, you know, you got to have your South Park on the aircraft, too, and all the important things as well. So we could talk for hours on the technology that we're using, 5G, aviation infrastructure. But it's not just aviation. It's not just cell phones. It's truly, it's more than the Internet of Things. We use 5G for things that aren't on the Internet. So that Internet of Things is already passe, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some challenges to overcome when it comes to safety for every type of aircraft? So let's talk about that a little bit. Ooh. You know, everybody knows that they're in some kind of building right now, probably. Maybe you're lucky enough to be out on the golf course. Well, folks, you want to look at Carrie's podcast and broadcasts here in the office, full color, much better, okay? Well, if you are in a building, and you probably are, that building was certified for occupancy. It had to have an assessment floor, let's see, Carrie's in Florida. They occasionally have these things called hurricanes down there. We don't have those in California, but we do have earthquakes, quite the opposite. So depending on the environment, you have a safety assessment for your building, and then how you build a building. Folks, you all know there's lots of rules. Well, I promise you that the rules that we have to follow to build an aircraft, if we printed out those rules, they would more than fill up a single 777. It's a prolific amount of rules. And in fact, my last book, uh, Aviation Developed Ecosystem, tries to summarize those in less than 500 pages. I almost made it. I think it's 520 pages. 
but it's a huge amount of rules. And so a fusion helps companies navigate, succeed in those rules and build safer aircraft and try to avoid things that happen in our ecosystem with occasional plane crashes. And folks, there's always going to be plane crashes. I'm sorry, we can't make mechanical systems perfect, but we can make them 10 times to 20 times safer than any mode of transportation. And we've done that already. We're already 10 times safer than cars. We're 20 times safer than trains and 40 times safer than walking. The only thing you can do safer is never leave your house, but you wouldn't be exciting enough to hang with Carrie and I if you did that. So don't do that. <laughs> 40 times safer than walking. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's uh, a- yeah I think I don't think I'm going to walk anymore. That's a... Uh, <laughs> Makes me a little bit nervous there. No, that's eye-opening. So what are the worldwide regulations that must be followed to exploit 5G in the aerospace industry? Well, the first thing we have to do, and, you know, everybody in America knows what a 401k is, for example. It's a savings plan. Nobody in Europe or Canada knows what that is. So we all have our own little buzzwords. In aviation, we call it CFR. Charlie, Frank, yeah, Roger. So. Code of Federal Regulations, whoop-de-doo. Well, CFR 14 says you must have a safety process and get out your pencils and pens, everybody. Uh, you got to write this down. ARP 4754A is one such system. You may use a different system if you can show it's equivalent. Folks, don't even bother. There's nothing equivalent to 4754A. Every aviation engineer knows this. It's a 100-page Bible. And part of what a fusion works is the ecosystem, the templates, the processes out of the box for companies to do that. But that lays the framework for environmental testing, for development of computer architectures that aren't affected by 5G adversely, that can incorporate 5G in a safe way for cases where a single point failure or sunscreen, as the nickname is SPF, get it? That's, oh, you got some sunscreen on that avionic system? Yeah, SPF. Okay, single point failure. Folks, we have to ensure that the probability, and oh, you write this one down too, the probability of single point failure is less than one times 10 to the minus ninth with, if any of you are good at math, quick, 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 what's a number with nine zeros on it? Gosh, could that be, what is that? Is that a billion? Oh my goodness, right? That means Since aircraft of a fleet type don't fly a billion hours in a year, a single point failure causing a crash never, ever happens. Okay, so that framework that we work with makes sure that 5G also satisfies that rule that 5G is not perfect. When we have an interrupt in the network, a bad packet set, we can mitigate for it. And we have to guarantee that our architecture with switchover, like right now, I'm going to do something. Carrie, do I have your permission to do an oh an on-site science experiment for our audience right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Everybody, don't do this at home. Okay, ready? <laughs> Count to three and look at the middle of my screen. One, two, three, folks. This is my laptop power cord. I just under unplugged this very laptop. What happened? Well, a lot happened. You just didn't see it, and that's what happens on the aircraft. We have failures, and you'll hear the pilot saying. Passengers, we just lost our flight computer system. We'll be dead in 90 seconds if I can't mitigate, but don't worry. You'll never hear that, okay? It happens. We mitigate automatically, just like this laptop detected loss of power, switched over to the battery, folks. You didn't see it, but that's what we're doing millions of times per minute 
on that very aircraft. And that's what we do with 5G and all those systems. So it's a little exciting. Wow. Well, let's talk about some more exciting projects that you're working on right now. And also, if you can, share a few projects for the future. I want to get out the crystal yeah. ball and let's see what you're what you're working on. Oh, okay. Very cool. We're working on some new communication systems. The FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, has a new project to upgrade communications. We all know or think we know what happened to MH370, you know, the aircraft that went out of the sky. It was abducted by space aliens, hijacked, uh, it just disadvantaged. Well, folks, if you really want to know what happened, read the French report. The French are not fast. My mother was French. They are thorough, okay? So we're building technologies that will guarantee that we know where every aircraft is within three feet or slightly less than a meter for our non-American friends listening. Well, folks, that's the distance between row 12 and 13 on the aircraft. So we know exactly where that darn aircraft is within three feet continuously. We're working on projects that automatically eject the digital flight recorder so we don't have to spend two years under sea with hundreds of millions of dollars in the submarine time trying to find these flight recorders, right? So it'll automatically eject on impact. Yeah, sorry, let's don't talk about impact. Huh? Well, well, that's what we're doing. We're also building a lot of uh, eVTOL aircraft electric vertical takeoff and landing and folks there was a time when some caveman somewhere made a wheel and was trying to describe it to somebody else and they just didn't get it okay until they saw that wheel until you see the wheels of the future aviation they're flying now several of our clients are flying their prototypes these are small helicopter quadcopter aircraft what are they uh yeah they're all those things and i will love to add carrie knows Carrie, our host here, lived in Los Angeles for a while. It's only 10 miles to the airport. Folks, we don't talk in miles. We talk in time. Carrie, what is 10 miles to LAX? How much time is that? I don't know, an hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot for me. That's why I left. I'm in Tampa. <laughs> Absolutely. So in a few years, we're going to be able to go from a nearby rooftop, 100 meters from my house, downtown L.A., to the airport, it's probably gonna cost about $200. Well, I'm not gonna pay that all the time, but I'll certainly pay that a lot. And you know what? The price will come down. Just like the first Texas instrument calculator I got was $700 when I was making a buck 85 an hour, for God's sake, right? At minimum wage, yeah, it really was. But you could get a gallon of gas for 60 cents too. So don't limit too much, folks. Well, the EV tolls are flying and they're really cool. Now, not everyone's gonna win. There's over 200 companies working on those. We're working with half a dozen companies, and we think our clients are in the, the winning position. But those are really neat technologies in addition to all the other electric aircraft that we're working on to try to get a handle on this climate thing and uh, just be a little more friendly with hydrocarbons. Aircraft are a little bit polluting, but folks, that's only 2.5% of all hydrocarbons out there. Okay. Mm. But we can get that down to 1% pretty easy, I think, in uh, 10, 15 years with sustainable fuels and other things that we're doing. So a lot of cool stuff. That is so cool. So I want to switch gears a bit and talk yeah. about our new world of work because things have changed. Leaders are really trying to navigate this new landscape. What do you think? Do you think the changes that we've seen, are they going to stick? And also, do you see anything in the future that might be coming in this thing that we call work today and what it looks like? Great question. You know, Carrie, to be honest with COVID in the last two and a half years, there was a greater change in the way we work 
and technology, and in fact, human interaction than in any other two and a half year period of the existence of humanity. Okay. And we're pretty sure we go back four or 500,000 years, depending on what you call human. We could be looking at a couple million years. But folks, the wheel, the, com the computer took 15 years. Think about it. Okay. ENIAC, 19, late 50s. PC, it was, it was years to be that made it really useful. Folks, in a year, it changed. All of a sudden, the effusion model of working remotely and really enabling people to have a better lifestyle without commuting every day. Yeah, we did some aircraft travel, you know. But now we're doing everything, our, our teaching, our auditing. We're doing engineering inspections, all remote, just like you're watching this remote. You know, I could come to your house, but it would be the same guy. Right. It would be the same carry. So it really helped our business of Fusion because we always did that. All of a sudden, many of our clients weren't set up for that. So what we saw was an increase in divergence between companies who could mitigate the landscape of remote work. Some companies did really well, Amazon, for example. Uh, Microsoft, kind of so, Google, words out, Facebook, yeah, it's an interesting one. But in technology, the general rule, a little more conservative, oh, you have to be in the office, that, that's gone. And so companies that can work remotely will really excel. And what's gonna change is this whole idea of a 40-hour week. That went away 20 years ago. Our parents would come home and have a beverage of their choice after work because they, they didn't have pagers, for God's sake, okay? So now, what is the work boundary? How do you turn off the off switch? Folks, it's your responsibility. Oh, my boss calls me at night. No, 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 no. You own the off switch. You got to use it. But do you have to have just one job? No. Why don't you have two or three jobs? Are you really efficient? working eight hours a day, nine to five? No, some of us have to, if that's our job. Let's say we're a fireperson, a policewoman, policeman. Yeah, okay, you got a shift. Folks, 80% of America does not have a shift. And I'm not talking about politicians. That's that's not a real job. Okay, that's, that's, not, that's not real work. That's a hobby. That's a hobby. There's, there's Olympic sports where you sweat and you get cardio. Curling is not a sport. Sorry, Ken. Anything you can do with a broom in your hand and a beverage in your other hand is not a sport. It's a hobby, okay? So, but, but folks, there's real jobs out there where they aren't hobbies. You don't have to have just one. Why don't you have three jobs? And you work each one two to three hours a day and get paid not by the hour, but on the unit of work. There's many jobs where we can do that. You'll make more money. Your employer will be happy. They're not paying for your downtime. And you're going to gain a lot more experience. We're seeing it now. Some people are unfortunately claiming they're working for you full time. Okay. Right. And you have no idea. Right. Folks, they're going to laugh at you in 20 years and think, well, full time. What does that mean? They work 24 hours a day. <laughs> so, Karen, that's a big one. We're seeing that right now, all over the software development world, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I was reading the other day that, you know, the average worker only works X amount of hours per day, actually is product productive. <laughs> and, and I don't remember what that number was, but it sure wasn't eight. That's for sure. Right. I'm reading numbers like two or three yes. hours a day. Yes. The, our most productive person we ever have. I don't I'd love to shout her out and give her a name. But there's a lady who had two kids. She wanted to cut back to four hours a day. I said, uh -uh, Pam, sorry, I heard first name slipped out. <laughs> Pam, you can't do that. You're our most productive folks. It worked out. Pam eventually went to halftime. She did more in four hours than our guys did in eight hours. Okay. And our other full-time ladies did in eight hours. Let's be honest here. It's not a gender thing. When you're focused, 
Pam, focus on getting eight hours of work done in four hours. And it boosted all our productivity. Everybody boosted up. The other couple hundred engineers put out 10, 15% more. So it was like Pam brought us 20 more engineers. It's amazing. So wow. you can do it. Amazing. I love this conversation. So Vance, you have a passion for STEM and bringing diversity mm -hmm. to tech. Oh, big one. I mean, this is a big conversation and, you know, we've been talking about this for years and years. How can we move the needle here? We have to get over this idea that STEM is boring. My daughter, she's going to kill me. Oh my goodness. For even mentioned. But since I have three daughters, I won't mention which one it is, but they'll know. One of them got the highest score ever on a math test in grade school, uh, age you know, 10 or 11, ever recorded in the state. Do you think she wants anything to do with science, technology, engineering, math? No, she went into marketing. Now she works in Hollywood. Yeah, okay. Well, that's exciting, right? Folks, let me tell you, building missiles, weapons system, electric aircraft, rockets, that's exciting. We don't even have to do social media. They're all jealous of us, you know. So we have to get over this idea. I'm joking here, but we have to get over this idea that STEM is boring. And it's not. And it, STEM doesn't know boundaries of race, religion, gender, okay? I have employees I've never met. I have some I don't care where they're from, if they're purple from Pluto, okay? It really doesn't matter. And so it's this wonderful world of opportunity for everyone, but white, brown, black, any religion, any gender folks, we have so much demand. For the first time in my career, and I've been working over 40 years, four zero years, okay, of work. Wow. For the first time in my career, there are zero unemployed engineers that are able to move their brain. I was going to say with two legs, but that's not fair to to our paraplegic friends, of which I know a couple great engineers, folks. So there you go. Talk about opportunity, right? There's no unemployment. You can't find engineers. We can't find engineers. Carrie, we've got 10 or 11 openings now. We're picky. Okay. It's got to be in the top 5% of people because we're that boutique consultant thing. But folks, if we dropped our standards to the top 30%, we still can't find the top 99%. There's nobody available. The only way you're going to find someone is to take them from someone else. Or, folks, I got a great idea. Come work three or four hours for me every day. There you go. There you go. Straight I up. think uh, that's Straight a up. great idea. Uh, and if any of our employees are watching this, I'm going to definitely get a call right after this. Come on over. Hey. 1-800. <laughs> we want to work three or four hours a day. No, I agree with you. I've been working with my team on productivity and being more productive in the hours they're working. I agree with you 100%. And let's talk about the culture of Effusion. What makes it different? What makes it unique? Just describe it a bit. I, I will. And, and we've got a little bit of dirty laundry. You know, it's easy to say, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm great. great." But not. And everybody thinks they're the only ones with dirty laundry. Well, folks, congratulations. You all do laundry on Sunday or someone else does it for you. Lucky you. Someone's doing your laundry. A Fusion's culture is senior. Okay. If you look at this gray hair, I'm the youngest guy in the company. Jokingly. No, no. Our, our average age is a little bit too old. Okay. We, we're trying to get to lower that significantly, and we're having some good success uh, recently, but it takes a lot of work to do that from a consulting standpoint. Our culture is one of uh, senior people with 10, 20 years experience that are in the top one or 2% of their peer group by some uh, recognized standard, something they've accomplished and their peers recognize that can work really well independently. 
that love exciting projects that are good communicators and problem solvers. Engineers aren't buying things out of the box. We're creating things that did not exist. And so there's nothing you can learn in school, folks, that will teach you to engineer what you're going to be asked to, because if it already existed, why would they be asking you to create another wheel? Okay. Well, we're going to use that knowledge in making a wheel to make a gear, to make a transmission, a set of wheels. Okay. So it's how you learn that really influences. So we're looking for people that learned broad spectrum, uh, not in a 5G sense, in a, a life sense, but broad spectrum knowledge. And our dirty laundry is that we don't do enough training of young people. Okay. So our new people, young people, they're kind of a little lost. We need to do a better job with assigning mentors. We're working on that. Having a little extra interaction, factoring that in. Frankly, young people, we're paying you less. So okay. we can afford to help you out more. And we have to do that. Okay. Right. We can't let the almighty dollar. People think Americans are focused on the quarterly results. Most people I know in technology and 5G and aviation, they're in it for the sexy accomplishments. You know, the money is something that keeps you there and enables you to be successful in the future. It's a badge. We, we wear it as a badge and then we give it away. Okay. So yes. that's the truth. I love your authenticity and I want to hear more about you as a leader. So what's important to you in leadership? Do you have specific values that you live by? A couple of them, you know, and uh, this extends from child raising. We had a sign, my wife and I, in the kitchen, Mark Twain wrote, and we, we joke that Mark Twain was the early aviation pioneer. Folks, Mark Twain was <laughs> past his pride when the Wright brothers, he died just a couple of years after the Wright brothers, okay? So he was not an aviation engineer, or a technologist, but he was a futurist and a, a humanist. Mark Twain said, always tell the truth then you must remember nothing. Ooh, that's brilliant. My wife calls me lazy. I tell her, baby, I'm efficient. There's a difference between lazy <laughs> and efficient, okay? And so leadership-wise, we, we need to be efficient. Every one of our employees could say, why don't I get enough time with the boss? Well, folks, if you've ever been to a big wedding, you want to spend 10 minutes with the bride and groom. Well, folks, unless that wedding, you got it, is from the country, the wonderful country of India, where they have three-day weddings, do the math. You, not everyone's going to get 10 minutes with the bride and groom. You don't get 10 minutes with the CEO per week. And so how do we make that efficient? Okay, take that lazy factor. Well, it's be by being open, being very transparent, always telling the truth, and being efficient that way. You know, But Mark Twain said something else. The first sentence to a 10-page letter said, I'm sorry this letter is so long, I don't have time to make it short. <laughs> Folks, there's a lot of blah, blah, blah. The boss calls you to the office or you want a shoulder to talk on, get a dog, okay? That, that dog will be more than happy to listen to you and it's going to give you a much better response and much better therapy, okay? Yes. So that's how we we're so kind of work it so out. True. So Vance, we talked a little bit. Are you hiring right now at Diffusion? If so, what types of skill sets? And then also, where can we find out more? What's your website? Oh, sure. We are hiring. I think we've got 10 or 12 open positions. And we are really picky for people in the top 1% of their aviation, their software engineering, their hardware engineering, that technology, anything that could be involved with 5G, 
communications, ground systems, air systems, flight control, navigation, radar, all that stuff. So we are definitely hiring. And our website is www.affusion, A-F-U-Z, remember that Z, not S, we infuse. Yeah, I know that has an S, but it's a Z. <laughs> the S was taken on the domain, darn it. Um, so we went with Z. See, folks, sometimes you got to be flexible, okay? So affusion.com, there's a lot of information out there. We've got 25 technical white papers you can read, you can download. It's quite a library. They're all free. You can go to YouTube and listen to a dozen webinars that we've done. Bring some coffee. They're on <laughs> safety-critical aircraft design, you know. But if you've had some coffee, not two beers, one map, then, then you're good to watch those on YouTube as well. Vance, well, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming sure. on the show. I cannot wait to see what Effusion does in the future and all the cool stuff. I mean, the just flying around from like LAX to home in 10 minutes, you know, in the air. I just still I can't wrap my brain around that right now. So I cannot wait for this technology to get here. So, Vance, thank you for coming on the show. Truly appreciate it. And we will talk soon, I'm sure. I'll look forward to it. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.